Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. If you love stories of toxic nuclear revenge, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Hector Moriarty 44, the time I ruined the life of an online troll. So I found this guy a while back and have been sharing my story ever since. I see a comment on my article saying this would be a good place to post. I'm not entirely proud of what I did to this man's life, but I do think it was justified. I do think that sometimes you have to fight fire with fire. This is the story of the time I ruined the life of an online troll. Now, this may sound extreme, however, I believe it was justified given the circumstance and nature of my encounter. To understand how I found this individual, I need to take you back to 2015. It was in 2015 that I would spend my days googling pointless topics. One day, I decided to look up opinions on the meaning of life. I scrolled through various pages of search engine results until I came across the concept of nihilism. What is nihilism? Nihilism interested me because it was unlike any other belief I found on my search for the meaning of life. To put it simply, nihilism is the belief that the world is meaningless. It's a pessimistic approach to life, which suggests that there is no point in life because nothing holds real relevance. Nihilism can make people believe existence does not matter, therefore their actions do not either. Many people view nihilism as a realistic belief that opposes our human nature to seek significance. I wanted to speak to a real nihilist and hear their opinions on life. What I found shocked me. Nihilism explained. Nihilism on social media. Upon discovering nihilism, I joined several Facebook groups surrounding the topic. These groups were full of dark humor and memes that made fun of life and death. Comments such as, existence's misery was common to see. In these groups, I came across a few genuine nihilists. The community was predominantly made up of people who were depressed, or people who would see the humor in depression. The nihilist approach meant that depression was not important because nothing is relevant. This is why suicide jokes are a hit in nihilism groups. I found that constant sharing of suicide memes meant that people become desensitized to death. People would believe that their existence is meaningless, which is not a good thought to have if you're dealing with genuine depression. I spoke to one individual privately who said they did not want to live anymore. They told me, the world is not real, but my sadness is. The world is not real, but my sadness is. This made me realize that nihilism and depression are a bad combination. I reassured this person and told them they were important. A few months later, I went to get in touch to see how they were getting on, but I discovered that their Facebook account had vanished. Encountering the troll. Fast forward to mid-2016 and I get a Facebook notification from one of the nihilist groups. It was someone seeking genuine advice to harm themselves. They said they wanted their end to be peaceful, but they were scared. Upon checking the comments of the post, I noticed one person advising them to run into an oncoming train as this would be painless and fast. The person giving the advice was a troll whose life I went on to ruin. 
For the remainder of this post, I'll refer to the troll as Nigel to protect identity. At the time, I thought that Nigel was being edgy for the sake of it, but this was not the case. I thought back to the time when I spoke to the person who told me their sadness was real, but the world was not. The fact that they had disappeared off social media gave me goosebumps. I assumed that the worst had happened, and this could become a reoccurring story in this group. I decided to look up posts and comments made by Nigel in the group. All the comments turned out to be methods for depressed people to end things. Nigel would give people reassurance that death was the only way out. He would pretend that he was doing the people a favor. A distraught man posted that he was ashamed that he kept failing. Nigel told him to not beat himself up about it and that if he works hard, one day he'll be able to do it. Using Facebook as a weapon, I realized that Nigel was not your ordinary troll and that I had to do something to stop him. I created a fake profile to contact Nigel. At this time, I had no intention to ruin his life. I just wanted to stop him ruining the lives of others. On my fake profile, I told him that I'd seen his comments and that they could have a devastating effect. He replied to tell me that he did not care. The first warning. From my understanding, Nigel had the belief that depression was a weakness to humanity. It appeared he was on a mission to weed out the weak members of society. It was almost like he got a buzz from it. Some weird kick that motivated him to do it that I could not understand. I warned Nigel that if he continued, there would be repercussions. He told me that he didn't care and blocked my fake profile. I logged into my genuine profile and checked for new posts by Nigel. A day later, I saw that he was back to his old tricks. He was yet again giving harmful advice to another mentally tortured soul. The second warning. Nigel had made a crucial mistake by not setting his Facebook profile to private. I was able to see every post that he had ever made, as well as the friends that he had. Nigel was a family man and made it clear on Facebook how much his wife meant to him. I decided that I would give Nigel his second warning. This time I would make it more personal. This time I wanted to put the fear into him. Within 10 minutes, I was able to find Nigel's home address. I decided that I would write a letter to his address. This letter was handwritten to add a personal touch. On the envelope, I addressed the letter to his wife's name so that he wouldn't be able to simply brush it under the carpet. The letter read the following, Your husband continues to encourage people to end things online. He provides methods of ending things for depressed people and he must be stopped. Could you please let him know that this is his final warning? I will be watching. The letter was sent with the intention to make Nigel stop doing what he does. I thought that this would be the only way that I could get through to him. The more I thought about it, the more I felt guilty that his wife may be living in fear. This was something I did not take into consideration initially. My mission to stop Nigel clouded my thought. However, I knew this was necessary for the greater good. The final blow. It had been a month since I wrote the letter and I had not seen a single post from Nigel. I thought maybe I had finally gotten through to him, but I was wrong. Another month had passed and Nigel was back at it again. I was disappointed, however, I was not prepared to give up. I reached out to the depressed victims to let them know that they had my support. Nigel had to pay for his actions, but how? I decided to take a deeper look into Nigel's personal life. His use of the internet meant that his life was essentially an open book. I was stunned when I discovered that he worked at a care home. He was not someone I could trust in society to care for others. I knew I had to deliver the final blow. Nigel's LinkedIn profile revealed that he was a senior member at a care home. This care home was reputable and risked their reputation by hiring him. 
I dug deep to pull a barrage of screenshots I had of Nigel's activity online. After some contemplation, I decided that I would get in touch with the care home via their Facebook page. I logged into the fake profile via a proxy and sent the screenshots. I didn't believe that he was fit to be trusted with human life. A member of staff replied to say that the case had been handed over to the CEO. The aftermath. A week later, Nigel was no longer on the company website and had also removed the care home from his LinkedIn page. It was clear that his actions had caused him to lose his job. Nigel's relationship status on Facebook had changed from in a relationship to it's complicated. In almost an instant, he had lost his job and damaged his relationship with his family. Nigel had completely stopped posting on Facebook and eventually shut his Facebook account down. This guy's life was turned upside down and it all stemmed from his actions online. I have comfort in knowing that he'll never encourage it again. Everybody has the right to an opinion, but nobody has the right to prey on the vulnerable. Do I feel guilty? Of course. But then I remember all of those people that he sought to destroy. This man was in a position of care. What if my actions had saved the life of someone? It's these thoughts that make my guilt fade away. In your honest opinion, do you think what OP did here was actually enough for Nigel? I don't know the country that this takes place in, but if it was the US, should OP have tried to report them to some kind of police or official body? Do you think this guy is even going to stop even though he shut down his Facebook profile, lost his job, and probably his relationship too? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is by I signed up because of Arslish. Man gets his car crushed by not paying his repair bill. Not my story, but my father's took place in the early 2000s. He's a master mechanic who can literally work on any car, foreign or domestic. He's teaching me right now, and it's an honor to learn from him. He's always run his own independent repair shop almost as long as I can remember. And he told me this story recently that just seems perfect for this sub. So this guy comes in with a pretty nice Chrysler convertible to get his transmission fixed. He had to remove the transmission, disassemble, and rebuild it. Pretty long process, but it's no problem. After a day's work, he calls the customer up, says his car's ready, and reminds him of the agreed-upon price of about $1,200. The guy said he could only pay $600 then, and he'd have to get back to him on the rest. Now, this isn't out of the ordinary. Where we live, most people aren't exactly wealthy. And my dad's a nice guy. He single-handedly supported four kids and a wife, so we weren't exactly rich. It's not uncommon for people to pay in installments. He doesn't charge interest or fees or anything, just tries to do what's right. The guy pays half his bill, and with the promise of paying the remaining amount in a few weeks, he leaves with his car. About two months pass, however, and the guy hasn't paid. Hadn't even contacted my dad about any issues or to say something like he lost his job or something. So my dad calls him up and asks when he thinks he'll be able to pay the rest of his bill. And I kid you not, This is how the convo went. Dad said, Hey, this is placeholder name. I was wondering when you'll be able to pay the rest of your bill. Guy says, Oh, yeah, about that. I'm not paying it. Dad's surprised says, What? Is something wrong with the car? If something went wrong, I'll take care of it. The guy said, No, no, the car runs great. I'm just not gonna pay you. Dad says, What? Why? The guy says, Well, I have the car now, so... I don't see any reason to pay you. They went back and forth a bit before my dad realized it was pointless and decided to enact some sweet, sweet revenge. He calls up a local towing company and gives them the guy's address 
license plate and care description and tells them to tow the vehicle to the county recycling center. He then calls up the recycling center and said, Hey, you're gonna be getting a Chrysler convertible license plate so-and-so from so-and-so towing. When it gets there, I want you guys to crush and recycle it. And so they do. Car was crushed and recycled. The next day, the guy shows up to my dad's business furious and with the state patrol. My dad explains the entire story and the cops tell the guy that technically the vehicle was moved, not stolen. The recycling center received recyclable goods and not stolen property and now the car no longer exists as it's been recycled and thus was not a criminal manner but a civil one. So the guy sues my dad and once again, my dad explains the entire story. And amazingly, the judge says the same thing as the troopers and dismiss the case. It sounds almost unbelievable because it just seems so illegal. But if a judge rules in his favor, it's gotta have some merit by a technicality or something. Granted, this was maybe 15 years ago, so the laws could have changed since. But god darn, the guy gets his car crushed simply because he chose not to pay the remaining repair bill and wanted to take advantage of someone's kindness. I don't think it's too big of a shock that this guy who wasn't well off paid whatever they could, took the car, and with no incentive to come back, tried to flake on it. That said, and OP kind of pointed this out, but I find it so incredibly hard to believe that this story actually took place. I know that's kind of like a faux pas to kind of point out whether a story is real or fake, but you're telling me that your dad had somebody else's car towed to a recycling center, crushed and recycled, and they got off scot-free? I know the guy owed OP's father another 600 bucks, but that's not cool, that's not okay. I just can't imagine being this guy and going to find their car, realizing the dude that worked on it for you had it towed? And not only had it towed, but had it towed to the recycling center and crushed up into a tiny formerly car cube. Imagine losing that case in court. It would be mind-boggling. I'm gonna be honest, this one takes a big grain of salt to believe. Do you guys actually believe that somebody could get away with doing this, even if they did end up getting stiffed on doing this repair job for that car? Do you think that OP's dad should have some kind of criminal record established for doing what they did here? I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts in the comments down below. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.